Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Now let's join him for today's message. I invite you to turn and we read to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We pick it up where we left off with the prodigal son parable that Jesus gave. And we're going to pick up in verse 25. So we in Luke 15 at verse 25 says, Now his older son was in the field and he came and approached the house. He heard music and dancing and he summoned one of his servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he's received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, look, for so many years I have been serving you and have never neglected a command of yours. And yet you have never given me a, go a young goat so that I may celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. Today's title is present but absent. See, in this passage, we have this father. It's, it's a parable that Jesus, this is a made up story about Jesus. It's not a historical story, but Jesus is making a point to the Jews, to the, to the Pharisees more so than anybody. But his disciples are present and there are the, the other people that's present. So he's giving them an understanding of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he's talking to them and he's letting them know who the father is and how he relates to us. Last week, we looked at the father, uh, the son that left the father, the son that didn't even want to be at home anymore. Like, daddy, give me all my stuff now. Let me go. And we saw that he was living life recklessly crazy. And he decided, uh, man, it's, I, I'm so down and out. He lost all his money. He didn't spend it all on just fun. And as we even see in this text, prostitutes, you know, I mean, he was doing all kind of stuff, living wild. So much so he was sleeping with pigs now. He didn't even have nowhere to lay down. Unclean, nasty animals. And he thought, if I can go work for my dad, the people that work for my daddy are more well off. He comes back home and he finds out on his return back, he's not treated like a worker. He's not treated like a hired hand. He's restored as a son, as an heir. And we pick up this week on the other brother who's seeing what's happening. And he's upset. And we see that he's had a misunderstanding of what it means to be in relationship with his father. He has a misunderstanding of what it means to be a child of this father. And he has established a definition of sonship or being a child based on work. He thinks that doing work has established and is the foundation of his relationship to his father. You know, so many times when it comes to living for the Lord or being in church, we think that the extent of our relationship, we think that our father's love for us in heaven is determined by how much work we do. 
how much we hustling for the Lord, how much we're grinding for the Lord. You know, I, I, I can't do enough. You know, I need to this week. I need to make sure I'm, I need to be on the door. And then this week, OK, what else y'all need me to do? I, I come straighten up some chairs. I, I'll fix the welcome table. You want me to buy donuts? I'll buy donuts. You want me to fix the coffee? I'll fix the coffee. You want me to sing in the choir? I'll sing in the choir. And every time we trying to work, 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 because you think if we do enough work, God loves me. Right. Like my father in heaven loves me. Why? Because I'm working for him all the time. See, this son in this passage, he looks up and he sees everybody celebrating the return of his brother. And he looking and he's sitting like, hold on, hold up. I've been here on the job. I haven't missed anything my father's told me to do. I've been obedient and working and doing everything. And y'all celebrating him? I ain't got none of that. See, he thinks the extent, again, of his relationship is based off his work but he's become confused and he's just as confused as the brother that ran off because in the text a little further up in Luke 15 what did the the the, the prodigal son the one that ran off said he said look the, if I can just go back and tell my dad daddy look I, I'll come work for you because my daddy's slaves living better than me right now so I'll come work for you the daddy was like no 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 you missed the point. This brother that's there, he's thinking the same thing. He's missed the point. And he's missed the extent of God's love. And he's missed the fact that it's based off the relationship they have, not the work that he's putting in. He thinks that if I'm hustle enough, if I do enough, my dad loves me. And that means he's going to love me more than anybody else. Because if I do more than you, he's going to love me more than you. And he's missed the point. We saw this even before in Luke 10 when Jesus came to visit Mary and Martha and Martha's in there. She's she's cleaning up and, and she's cooking and she she's doing all this stuff and she's getting things ready. And those things are necessary. You know, they're needed. But Mary's at, at his feet just soaking up, just listening, just engaging with Jesus. And Martha gets upset and she's like, you need to get in here and get to work. We got Jesus in the house. Martha's working and she, she's working and she's she's straightening up and she's getting it and she's missed the point. And Jesus is like, you, you, you're missing the point. Like actually, actually, like right now, it, it's best for you to just come on over here. You know, come, come on over here. See, what our Father in heaven wants us to understand is this. First off, we got to know who we are and who we belong to. We got to remind ourselves of that truth that we're loved by God just because of who we are in his name, that by faith in Christ Jesus, we are loved by him, not by what we're doing. We're not hated by him on the lack of what we're doing or us messing up. He loves us because of who we are based off relationship with him. It's a relationship issue. And Jesus is trying to get this point across to these hearers and especially to the Pharisees that he's engaging at this point because they think it's all based off of work when they've missed his grace. They've missed his grace. And because this son has based this relationship off work, he's envious at heart. What does he say? He says, I've been here working. I've been here obeying every command you've given, Father. And you ain't even killed a goat for me. You gave him a fattened calf. He said, I can't even get half of that. He's envious at heart. Now, we got to be very careful because Jesus is making a point for all of us. Because there are a lot of times we are the same way. 
So, we, you know, we get to thinking we're doing well and we get to thinking we're, we're doing better than somebody else. And we see somebody else get a blessing and they, they praying and say like that their prayer been answered. And we look at like God ain't listening to me and we don't get excited for them. We become haters. No, truth be told, we like to talk about haters. Let me tell y'all something. Look in the mirror. If you be honest with yourself, you about one of the biggest haters you know. Me included. Me included. I got to keep it real. I'm, I'm being real. Y'all know me. I'd like to say, like, as the young folks say, man, I keep it 100. I look at myself sometimes, and sometimes I have to check myself. And I'm like, you know what? I'm actually kind of hating right now. Don't nobody know it, right? Nobody know it. Nobody. I'm not going. I, I may be a little too smart now. I'll become a little more educated. I know not to say. I know not to say certain things on Facebook, right? You know, you don't put it in print. You don't put it out there. Even if you try to erase it, people got screenshots. You better recognize. You better watch out. Watch what you put out there. I'm not going to say it, but sometimes I have to check myself. And I got sitting there, you look at somebody and I think like, man, they don't deserve that. Like they don't, they, they, they don't, like how is, like they, have, they haven't, they haven't earned that. Like how, I, like I'm way further, how, how did he or how did she? And it's in those moments that we have to jump back to this type of truth and understand God's purpose and God's plans and understand who our father is in heaven. And that we're not to be concerned with that. This father wants him to understand. I want you to be concerned with the relationship we have. Forget about all of that. Understand who you are with me. And I got you. He's envious at heart because he's forgotten. What did the father say to him? He said in verse 31, you have always been with me and all that I have is yours. See, he's concerned about this fattened calf and this celebration and this party when he forgot. Oh, everything that the father has is mine anyway. See, he's gotten distracted. He's, he's, he's misunderstood the type of relationship that he has. And I love that Jesus uh, used that type of language in this story because the scripture tells us that by faith in Jesus Christ, all that the father has belongs to us because all that the father has belongs to him. Now, what does that look like practically? Let me set this up. We looked at when Jesus called Peter and, and his brother and, and John and James and, and, they, and they were out there, you know, uh, uh, fishing. They had a fishing company. They were owners of a fishing company. They were fishing and they were fishing all night. Weren't catching anything. Jesus says, cast on the other side. Go cast in the deep. And Peter's like, man, we've been here all night. What you talking about? You don't know nothing about fishing. You know, one, your daddy a carpenter. Two, yeah, we kind of believe in you the Messiah, but that means you're a king. Kings don't know how to fish. But since you said so, Jesus, I'll do it. He does it. They're catching so many fish. The boat about to sink. The nets are breaking. They need help. They got to get another boat over. And Peter runs to his feet and says, get away from me. I'm too sinful because you too much. Jesus said, come follow me. They leave everything to follow him. Why? They do that because if he can do that with fish, if he can do that with fish, I know if I'm next to him, whatever I need is provided. So the reason we can understand our relationship in Christ and understanding our relationship to our heavenly father that we don't have to look at what other people have. We don't have to look at what they don't have. We don't have to look at what we have and what we don't have. All we need to know is if we are in relationship with our father, everything we need is provided. Our needs are taken care of. Why? Because all that the father has, meaning we have access to all the father has. 
So the father uh, almost becomes to us, and I don't I don't like to use this this language, but I'm, I'm gonna use it for illustration purposes because uh, I, I like I want us to always keep in mind that uh, uh, we serve the father like he, he doesn't do our bidding. You know, he's not our servant. The father is not our slave. So we are dependent on him. Amen. All right, so let me set that up. But the father sometimes can be like a utility belt for Batman. You ever notice when Batman get in a battle, like that utility belt is only so big. But it seems like whenever in that fight, he has exactly what he needs when he needs it. When we're in the right relationship with our Heavenly Father, when we understand that, we know that in those times, whatever life is coming at us, whatever enemy is attacking us, sometimes that enemy is our own mind. Whatever enemy is attacking us, he provides what we need when we need it. All that the Father has is ours. We hope this message is blessing you today. Before we continue, we want you to know about Point Ministry resources. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org and subscribe to receive our Refuel devotional and view other discipleship materials. Our goal is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. So it's no need for us to be envious because... The problem is this. We start comparing our value to God based off of others. And when we start looking at others, it produces two things that are both unhealthy. One of them, it can produce conceit because you can start to look down on others like, well, I got it. I'm better than them. I don't have that struggle. They crazy. Something wrong with them. I ain't. Hey, they need to get right with the Lord. Then they have what I got. And we can get prideful. And we can get conceited. And then the second one is it can produce what we're talking about now, envy. And we start to uh, discount what God is doing in our lives. We start to diminish what God has done in our lives. And we're no longer thankful to the Lord. Now we want what other people have. We have discontentment in our lives, which is unhealthy. So the comparison that we look into is not other people. That's why in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. So we got to be careful not to look at other people and how they doing in their race that they're running with the Lord. We look to him and is there as our focus is on Christ. We're looking to become more like Christ, not like so and so. To be told her, I know a lot of preachers that look at other pastors and other preachers like, I'm going to be like them. I want to be like him. And I want to do it. And we got ladies in the church like, I want to be like her. And it's like, no, you don't. You actually don't want to be like them. Let me tell you that. That's what you don't want. What you do want, you want to be the you that God has called you to be. We can't be envious at heart. This brother, he's mad. And he's missing out on the fact that he's actually gained a brother back. He hadn't lost anything. Because of his envy, because of his hate in his heart, he's missing the fact that he can celebrate that he's gained his brother back that's been lost. What God wants from us is compassion over conceit. He wants us to understand that the relationship we have with him and what God is doing in the world of calling people out of the world unto him is for us not to get upset when they come, but it's for us to rejoice when they come. 
We ought to celebrate the Father's love. We celebrate and rejoice the Father's love. Don't you think about it? I want to think about it. this is a real question that I, I ask myself often. So my friends, I, we used to ask ourselves, this, and, and it's a simple question, but I want you to be real with yourself. Do you get excited about things that excite God? Now, that can seem a little weird. Because one, we got to know what, what are the things that excite God? You know, we got to get in his word to understand that. But things that excite God is this, you know, uh, one, when one sinner repents from that sin and turns to him, you know, like that right there, that right there is it. One. But then even after that, you know, something like do we do we I want you to think about if there's ever been someone you have deemed an enemy and they've apologized. Do you celebrate in that moment or are you mad you still want them to get get it? Yeah, yeah, you sorry, but you still need to get it, though. You still, uh, I don't know, you need to get it. I don't want you to get away with that one because that hurt. But they've actually sincerely apologized, you know. When we show com- when, when God gets excited about forgiveness, he gets con- excited about compassion. He gets excited about, you know, when we're able to turn the other cheek. Now, that's hard. That's a, I, 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 I preached a sermon a while ago to I love supernatural. That ain't natural to turn the other cheek. It's not natural for you to bless somebody that cursed you. That's not natural. That's why we got to lean on his supernatural power to do so. Do we get excited? Right here, this father's saying, look, I want you to be excited about one that's returned. See, the reason Jesus is giving this example, because he's talking to the nation of Israel. And he's saying, look, y'all are mad that you got, you got Jews that you have deemed unworthy of God's love. And they are following me and receiving the forgiveness from the father. And you mad because you see yourself as law keepers and you think that you should be held in higher esteem. When actually Jesus is telling him, you should be excited about what God is doing and you should be rejoicing about what God was doing. He's saying in this example, son, you fail to realize we had to celebrate because this brother of yours is dead and has begun to live. He was lost and is now found. Yeah, we killed a fattened calf. We had to throw the biggest celebration. When we talked about this, this prodigal son, we looked at, look, God is a God that looks at you with your past and you come to him. He washes you off. He cleans you off. He catches your sin. The word says in Psalms, as far as the east is from the west. And it's in those moments we rejoice. Yeah, man, somebody foul. I remember I shared. The, I was sharing the gospel with somebody and they were trying to wrap their minds around grace. We were talking about I forgot which serial killer it was. And we were talking about when he in jail. And I was like, I said, look, if he truly in that pen professes Christ he is saved now the thing is he he gonna spend the rest of his life in that jail okay because of what he's done that's a consequence of that but he will be saved on the Lord's day when he returns and he will forever and he will experience the grace of the Lord man this dude struggled with that he said man I can't accept that and I said I said if you can't accept that then you can't accept God forgiving you of your sin because you can't think you better than somebody else because he looks at it all now. Some of our sins have a greater consequence in this earth. But I love to tell people, look, look, you are forgiven in Christ. Now, there's some consequences. Like I said, you know, if you go out there and you get a DUI or you hit somebody and kill somebody driving drunk, then you may have to represent Christ in jail for a while. And you're going to be salt and light in the pen for the glory of Christ. And, and he will sustain you and keep you. And you will experience a grace in there that you won't even be able to explain, you know. You don't think like you got in trouble or God don't love me anymore. No, 
No, that's not. But God is with you. You know, sometimes God God grants mercy. Judge may throw it. Hey, hey, you, you just community service. You never know. What it is that God is faithful and God is true. And he wants us to be excited about what he's excited about. He wants us to rejoice in what he rejoices about. And in this passage, he's rejoicing over one who is returned, that has come back unto him, that relationship is restored. And it's not one of work. It's one of just relationship. It's one of just being. This son is coming to a reality that proximity is not the issue. It's intimacy with so it's like a couple you know a married couple you you can be married and you, you know you're legally married and you in the house but 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 y'all ain't y'all ain't together you know are, are you spending time with each other are you growing and getting to know one another are you, are you intimate with another are you, are you open and transparent with one another see that, that's what the lord is wanting from us he want you know he don't just want us to come to church on a sunday you show up at bible study it's not like god is like oh they came check mark oh we came you know what you you, you came three times this month Yes No 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 Those those times are important They're important because there's times I, I, I love to share and I shared this last week Say so, you know true spiritual maturity Comes in community It doesn't come in isolation And on here he's, he's missed This this son is missing the understanding of unity That look you've been reunited With your brother But you were cool with him See he out there daddy love me He out there I'm by myself out there I'm standing strong He's missed the point that's why the scripture says that we are the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. We are the body of Christ. Many members, yet one body. And in that, we come to know God more deeply. We come to experience him in a, in a new and fresh way. As we understand that, like this brother, you didn't lose anything when your brother came back. You actually gained something. You got your brother back. You got a new relationship. See, finding lost things is a, is a great thing, right? You know, there's a time where, you know, we, we told all the kids, we're going swimming. Now, y'all that don't, there's some people that may not know, maybe somebody that's watching that don't know, you know, we have seven kids. When we say we're going swimming, oh, it is, a, it is on in our house. They scrambling, getting trunks, getting floaties. They getting toys. They getting goggles. And we even got this little new little mermaid fin thing that some pools won't even let you wear. And you'd be like, I'd be glad because I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to watch that baby now because they can't swim with no fin on, right? You barely swimming, kicking, right? So, you know, they get, they get all the toys. They get everything. They're excited. And then one day I remember I couldn't find the keys. Oh, man, it's a problem. It's a problem. Why? Because everybody ready to get in the car. Everybody ready to go. It's on. We ready. But we got lost keys. Everybody's suffering. Why? Because what's important is lost. And when those keys are found, what happens? Yeah! It's a celebration. What was lost is now found. It's a celebration. That's why Jesus says, look, when one Sheep goes missing. The shepherd leaves the 99 and goes to find the one and brings it back. And there's rejoicing in heaven. Why? Because it's important and it means to it means everything to the body. See, I'm preaching today about our heavenly father. And the reason I'm doing it because as Father's Day, I want us as fathers and, and soon to be fathers and future fathers. I want us to learn the example from our heavenly father of the compassion he has. 
of the of the of the the extent of his love and how he's able to give grace, how he's able to restore, how he's able to lift up, how he's able to instruct in truth. Our grand example as fathers is for us to look at our heavenly father and look at his heart to see what he's about. He's about <laughs> Jesus even told, 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 told his disciples and told, told all the listeners when he was preaching one time. He said, look, you know, you being evil, you know, when, when your child asks for bread, you don't give him a snake. How much more your heavenly father? He gives that example. He's like, you know, when your child asks for some bread, do you give him a snake? You don't even do that. And you evil. He said, how much more does your heavenly father? When you when you ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, in this example, I love when Jesus says, "All that is mine is yours." Let us never forget that by faith in Christ, which puts us in right relationship with our Heavenly Father, all that He has is ours. And just like that utility belt Batman got, whenever we need it, and whatever fight we in, whatever enemy is attacking us. All that he has is accessible to us so that we continue to experience the victory that Christ has given, that Christ has won, and that Christ will ultimately hand over when he comes back. And we live with him forever and ever. He said, this son of mine was dead. is now alive. He was lost and found. We rejoice because some of us, all of us who before we knew Christ, we were dead and we were lost. But now we've been made alive in Christ and we are now found. And by that truth, we celebrate with our father. We celebrate with his angels. and We celebrate with the body of Christ that whenever one comes to know him, we don't lose anything. We gain the brother and sister. Amen. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear more, please visit daryljones.org. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.